You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. Streaming worldwide through the 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. 600 ESPN El Paso is KROD El Paso, a Town Square media station. Utah fans, it's time to get ready for Minor Talk with Adrian Brodus and Salmo Tats. Minor Talk is presented by the Ostradieta Agency, seven locations across El Paso, celebrating 24 years of serving the Sun City and Legacy Wellness Center CBD. Call into the show at 880-5763 or tweet the show at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Now, let's go live to the Lube Go Studios with your host, Adrian Brodes. All right, UTEP gets thrashed against Boise State. It's a late one here in our Lube Go Studios. Boise State 54, UTEP 13. Miners fall for the first time this season. There's a lot to unpack in this game. Uh, 880-5763. If you'd like to uh, call in on the show, you could tweet us. Also, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. We're presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. Seven locations across El Paso from the west side to Fabens. You can learn more at theoscaradiettheagency.com. They can help you when it comes to home, auto, and life insurance. Trust the local team at the Oscar Adietta Agency. I'll vouch for them. I have been a customer of the Oscar Adietta Agency for about four or five years now, ever since I was in college. So give them a call today, 406000 to get started on a free insurance policy. Sal Montes is live with me in studio, screening calls, taking tweets, uh, also recording this, putting it on our podcast, Minor Talk On Demand, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm sure that's how a lot of people will follow up with this one, Sal. I, I feel oh, yeah. like a lot of people checked out of UTEP football uh, when this one uh, pretty much hit halftime, when it was 41 to, to what, 13 at that point? Uh, something like that. It was a lot to a little. I can guarantee that. But, um, yeah, a lot of people checking out, and I understand it. I, I think the frustrating thing is, uh, for me, Adrian, um, we – kind of expected UTEP to lose this game but to let it get away like that was uh, was really frustrating to watch and sad part is the the more you saw it and the more the game went on the worse it became that's the bottom truth of this game and even though we expected them to lose to see it just get worse play after play was uh, was really frustrating for me and also I've been up since five in the morning so I'm a little bit pissed off <laughs> I hear you, Sal. <laughs> this was a frustrating one. And all right, let, let's let's first unpack this because let's set the table right and, and let's really talk about this in a full full way. The expectation was, I mean, at least for me, going into this game, that UTEP was going to lose. I felt like Boise State was going to overpower the Miners. They had to get the first uh, win under their new head coach in Avalos. They had to do, uh, yeah, they had to bounce back after being pretty much, um, you know, they 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 were upended last week against UCF, but that was in come from behind fashion by the Knights. The Broncos should never have relinquished that victory uh, from their grasps, and they lost that one on the road in week one they bounce back this week uh, pretty much thrashing the miners 54 13 uh, miners finished with six turnovers they allowed the broncos to score a whopping 31 points in the second quarter 
And, um, you know, that's where you have to kind of put this one into perspective. UTEP was probably, you know, I, I did not think UTEP was going to win this one. UTEP is on track still of what we kind of think about them uh, as far as their non-conference play. They would fall to Boise State, yeah. uh, maybe have an opportunity to beat New Mexico, go 3-1 and one heading into conference USA play. But you would want you, you would like to see UTEP play a little bit better. I know the point uh, spread was twenty six points going into this one. Um, you know that one cleared. Uh, you know uh, with flying colors for the Boise State Broncos. But you would have liked to see UTEP play a little bit better than they did today. Yeah, definitely. Especially after they started out the game on fire. You look at that first drive, and you know they're able to move the ball. They're they're running the ball, exposing a uh, a weakness that we believed uh, would be the defensive um the defense for Boise State as far as running goes uh being able to stop the run and that looked like the Miners were attacking that but um you know adjustments were made throughout the game and Boise State really just able to kind of um, counter whatever it was that UTEP did. It, it, it didn't matter what the Miners were doing. Hey, you got a big run play on this drive or you got a nice pass play. All right, when we get the ball, we'll do it faster and we'll do it in a quicker amount of time as well so it was basically like you punch us once or you 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 hit a jab off of the arm really softly we're gonna punch you back with the 150 piece combo and that's really what it felt like 8805763 that's the telephone number if you would like to weigh in minor talk is live sal montes adrian Bradis. we've got uh we've got phones uh to get to here we also got a lot of tweets to get to oh, as well man, yeah 8805763 is the number this was a frustrating game for the miners but another thing that should definitely be said at the start of this program is that utep suffered significant injuries in this game i mean it cannot be overstated that utep uh, i mean i mean they came out of this game depleted going into this one you had uh injuries with their your running back in Dion Hankins you also saw that uh their cornerback and Josh Caldwell was out for this game mm. Justin Prince their free safety did not play in this game either then in the first drive of this one center Andrew Meyer goes down that's a key that loss big, yeah that's a key loss for the UTEP offensive front he's and a captain too yeah and, and he's a and he's a really significant piece for them but they also lost some other members of their team which was you know discouraging if you're UTEP right now they lost running back Ray Flores uh, they also lost defensive tackle Keenan Stewart who went into the locker room in the second half point is and even Ronald Awat didn't uh, really play in this in the second half you wonder if he's a little banged up Dana Dimmel said that they desperately need the the bye week which is coming up next week to get healthy to get back to full strength they he even said that they need everybody back for new mexico and it's true sal we've we were told by dana dimmel that we that this team was you know deep at different positions and Mm. hey maybe he's right maybe they do have some depth across different position groups but not all across your your team and when you have robert mervin playing in at center you when you have guys like uh inexperienced guys like Willie Eldridge uh, you know really shouldering the load at the tailback position which no knock against him man I, I feel like he played a- as well as he could given the circumstances same with Ronald Awat same with Ray Flores uh, but if you're looking at that defensive front you need Keenan Stewart there I like Tav- uh, Tavita Tafuna but you need your your key player in Stewart to help out in the de- uh, defensive interior position and uh, in your secondary that's where UTEP got torched 
UTEP was simply mm-hmm. torched in their secondary in this game. They allowed 340 passing yards to uh, against Bachmeyer, who last week struggled, but this week he he bounced back in an impressive fashion. 340 through the air, two passing touchdowns, and Shakir, Khalil Shakir, what Ooh. a wideout he is. Seven catches, 166 receiving yards. He had a field day against that UTEP secondary. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Shakir, I think the first five receptions for Bachmeyer, or the five uh, completions, rather, were five receptions by Khalil Shakir. This guy is an absolute uh, blur out there on the field. You you watch a highlight and you blink, he's already in the end zone. That's how good and great this guy is. So big, big shout-out to uh, Khalil Shakir. But um, as far as Bachmeyer goes, I was kind of watching uh, some of the, the highlights for UCF against Boise State. And even though Boise State lost and Bachmeyer threw up that uh, horrendous pass at the end, Throughout the game, no matter what kind of pressure was in his face, you know, he was able to keep that poise and and be composed throughout those situations. And we saw it early on, even on some blitzes that the Miners were doing against uh, Boise State, some of that pressure that they were applying. Bachmeyer's patience and ability to put the ball in the right spot despite somebody coming at him, that buys him like an extra half second. And that's so valuable, especially when you're closing in on a quarterback, but he's still going to be able to complete that pass. On the other side, speaking of quarterbacks, Gavin Hardison struggled immensely in this game. Hey, you could say this was the biggest game he ever play, he's played in as a starting quarterback. It's probably true. 15 of 24 through the air. Didn't have such a bad completion percentage. Uh, 63% of his passes were completed. Uh, 223 yards through the air. He had a touchdown, but he had four total turnovers. Three interceptions in this game, was sacked once for nine yards. Uh, Just a tough, tough outing for Gavin Hardison, especially coming out uh, into the second half where he threw a pair of picks. Man, you you just feel for the guy. He's a a great player uh, for this UTEP football team. He's going to be a key factor for them. Uh, Excuse me, he had actually two interceptions in the second quarter, not in the second half, second quarter right there. You root for Gavin Hardison in a big way. You root for this passing game, but it, it just, simply wasn't happening tonight, Sal. No, it wasn't. And uh, Boise State had an answer for just about everything the Miners are trying to do. And uh, the worst part is you can tell he's trying to force some of those things and forcing the ball into spaces that they don't need to go into because you might see him for half a second. Uh, it paid big, big dividends for Boise State. They were just feasting all night. We just set the tone right now and set the stage for everybody. Boise State defeats UTEP 54-13. You want to talk about it, 880-5763. That is our telephone number. We'll get to some tweets in just a little bit. But first, let's get to Mike Cuviello, who's calling in on the program. Mike, what's going on, my man? Yeah, we both know what's going on. It wasn't good, eh? Yeah, I'm with you, man. Yeah, I almost bet on the spread because I, I, I predicted it was going to be 49-17, but... I don't like to bet with the miners involved, but maybe I need to learn my lesson and just uh, go with my head instead of my heart. But um, I don't think it's such a hot take that Gavin is not that good. Not not this week especially. Oh, but you could easily say that against way tougher opponents. Look at who he faced for week one and week two. I mean, uh, you know, he's going up against a bad New Mexico State secondary, going up uh, against a bad Bethune-Cookman or an FCS uh, Bethune-Cookman team. I don't want to call them necessarily bad, but I mean, this weekend against a way more experienced team, uh, throws three interceptions, has four total turnovers, really struggled in this one. It's it's hard to defend Hardison, I, I will say, but I, I'm still sticking with him as their quarterback. I mean, who are they? Who else are they going to look toward? 
That's true. Um, we got to hope that Longino or one of them other guys can come along. But I think this game really shows poor coaching more than anything because there's a lot of mistakes being made, and he's not setting up Gavin Hardison to do better. I don't think Gavin, like I said, I don't think he should be a Division One quarterback. Not his fault. But if you got a guy with the inexperience he has, what do you do to get this guy more confidence? You do some short passes with your running backs and tight ends, and we hardly ever do that, or just do quick hook patterns to cowing or something. But we can sit continually, it seems like, run almost the same exact plays. I mean, I, I think that it would be not that hard to plan a defense against this team, even if you're not that good of a defense. It, it just it boggles my mind, and we continually had penalties. We had plenty of turnovers. That's all a sign of really bad coaching. You know, I, I can't I can't disagree with you there, man. I mean, hey, I'll also say that the play calling was very questionable, especially when you're talking about red zone offense. I felt like they were being very conservative. They felt like, hey, you know, if we're driving against this Boise team, let's just hang in. Let's just stay in this game, be competitive, kick field goals and all that. No, when you're going up against a tough opponent like that, you got to take risks. And when UTEP is in those first and goal situations, no, 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 forget that. When they're in second and goal situations and you're already relying on a wildcat quarterback system i mean come on man what what are you doing here everybody in the entire stadium everybody across the country knows what you're doing it's a direct snap it's going to be a run play and it didn't work at all for the miners and if you got gavin hardison as your quarterback that shouldn't be it should be basically out of your playbook i i I, as a former dolphin fan still dolphin fan i literally detest the wildcat because we had one successful season and we decided to build our whole offense and team around the Wildcat. And I don't know if you remember, we haven't won many playoff games as a Dolphin team in a long damn time. So I wish he would get that Wildcat formation and throw it in the straight garbage. Mm. Mike, what do you what's think this? about uh, two weeks from now? What What's going to happen with UTEP, New Mexico? Well, I, I think they can beat New Mexico because I think New Mexico is not good. But... I do think that New Mexico probably learned a lot from the past three weeks about what you can do against the Miners and how do you combat this team. We couldn't really run the ball very well tonight. It started off okay. It looked like Flores had an okay game. But outside of the first quarter, we didn't seem to do anything too well. I think we can beat New Mexico, but I'm not sure is that really an accomplishment. That team didn't play but, what, a couple games last year. We should have scheduled a better subdivision team than Bethune-Cookman to get us ready for Boise State. He had these guys totally unprepared for not even a super juggernaut, but Boise State's a good team. There's no excuse that Boise State beats us by this amount of score, even as a good team. They're freaking Boise State. I mean, we're El Paso. We should be able to recruit well enough to stay within two touchdowns of Boise State, and obviously we cannot. I hear you. Particular coach. I hear you, Mike. Hey, appreciate the phone call as always, man. Great to hear from you. I have a good night, man. Mike Cuviello, who uh, called in on the show, 8805763. If you'd like to follow up his phone call, Boise State 54, UTEP 13. Let's take our first time out of the program right now. A lot of tweets to get to as we continue with Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Audi at the Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Minor Talk. We're presented by the Oscar Audi at the Agency, 8805763, telephone number to get to. A lot of tweets. To get started here on the program, 
Joe John Sr. tweets the show. This is like a money game. Lots of injuries can end the season. Hope we can get healthy. Hashtag minor talk. Paul Reynoso tweets the show. Sigh. Couldn't even cover the spread. Pathetic. Same old UTEP once again. Herman Flores tweets us, fire Dimmel year four under him and still embarrassing the program on national TV. He barely beat a Division II team last week, and NMSU is Division Three. Oh, man. Uh, Tracy Love tweets us, there is no excuse in year four of rebuilding that you are being embarrassed on national TV to an unranked Boise State team. Leo underscore minor fan checks in on Twitter. He's uh, joining us here on Minor Talk. Same with Jeremy Caranco. Happy belated birthday to our friend Jeremy Caranco oh, from uh, Football th- Friday Night. That's awesome. Happy belated birthday. Thunder up, baby. I like it. King Eric tweets us, no excuses anymore. This was supposed to be the year where it all came together. Having Dion wouldn't have made a difference. And uh, he also tweets us, they play. They only played one good quarter. Thank God there's a bye next week. Six turnovers. My gosh. I am with you on that one, Eric. Six turnovers. Six too many for the Miners. Let's go to Pinky, who's joining us on the phone lines. 8805763. Pinky, what's going on, my man? Uh, the same thing. <laughs> We go through about three or four times a year. Um, first of all, I agree with everything Mike Kubiabu said. Um, there's nothing that he said that we don't disagree on. Uh, two. So you're I, with him on the on the Hardison is not a good quarterback thing. Let's just be let's just be clear right there. Well, there's always room for improvement. We all know that. But uh, you know, like I said, I've said earlier before, you know. They blame the quarterback on a lot of interceptions, and a lot of interceptions are caused by poor uh, handmanship by the receivers, where they can't catch the ball or it comes off their hands. Or you know, I hate that that where they say, "Oh, he threw three interceptions." Uh, no, I think he only threw one. The other two were off the receivers' hands because he didn't catch the ball. You know, that's my point. Uh, and and uh, the other point that I have is, um, I don't know. Each time the miners come out of national TV. It just blows up. I remember, what, 1988, when they played Wyoming at Wyoming on the CBS afternoon game on Saturday. They just got blown out by Wyoming, something like 52 to 10. And, uh, you know, I just don't see what happens on national TV. And the last thing I got for you all, I'll see you all in the Sun Bowl in two weeks. You know we're going to be there. That's our team. (laughs) Bye. Hey, take care, Pinky. Thanks for hanging with us at midnight. I appreciate the call. 8805763 telephone number to weigh this uh, on Pinky's call. He's right in saying that you have to hold some of these receivers accountable. I mean, Walter Don Jr. fumbles on a catch. Same with Tyron Smith, the junior college transfer at wideout. I mean, that that's things that you you can't have happen. And, um, you know, talking about just problems with this UTEP team in general, how about, again, nine penalties, 81 yards uh, when you're talking about penalties that the Miners had in this game. Sal, yeah. you, that's inexcusable, man. Yeah. Three games in a row. Uh, big time. And these are things that are supposed to have been uh, cleaned up and one thing that really stood out to me with uh, the pregame interview with Coach Dimmel is that he, he kind of uh, mentioned how he's proud of the way his team responds in those first and longs after a penalty and I'm thinking how about being proud of not being in that position in the first place Yeah, I mean, you can only on. be successful for so long a lot of the issues that we were worried about within the first two games Adrian we saw it loom heavy against Boise State the only difference is Boise State has the firepower to, to have big plays just about all 
the time. And although I'm going to revert back to week one right here, although against uh, the Aggies, the Miners only allowed three points, I think people forget that the score really could have been 30 to 20. Yeah, I a mean, lot closer. Two big plays by the Aggies that were called back due to flags and a field goal that went uh, off of the post. So I think uh, that game right there is a little bit of a misnomer as to how good this team is that's not to say that they can't improve or you know win games but I mean it's just a lot of recency bias in my opinion it's starting to weigh or, or it showed heavy in this game rather 8805763 is a telephone number to get into the program let's keep it moving with Ronnie who's joining us on the phone lines Ronnie what do you think of today's game uh man I'll be honest with you I never drank the Kool-Aid after the Mexico State or the Bethune Cookman game I've said all along you know me. Uh, I don't bash the kids, but Demo and that Bill Snyder old school offense that they were running back in the day at Kansas State isn't going to win you games. You got to push the ball down the field nowadays. And if you don't have a quarterback that can do that, you got to get your butt in the portal and find one because there's plenty of power five transfers that are unhappy because they lost the spot, whatever it may be. But you got to push the ball down the field, man, thinking that you're going to rely and just outrun people to, to win six games and get to a bowl game, like that's that's outdated football. That's 1988, 87, 88, 89. Um, you know what's funny is the way Demo coaches, it's like he coaches to cover the spread, not to win the damn game. And it's like, dude, hold on to the ball because Boise's explosive. Once again, that's not going to mean a damn thing if they're scoring in a minute and 12 seconds every time they touch it. You can have a ball for 30 minutes of the game. All they need for is five because they're going to put 60 points on you. Um, you know, I, I, I said it last year, man. I think that uh, the new coordinators, Demos were reluctancy to give up some play call and duty. I just think it's time for Utah fans to realize what they are, the way that the landscape of college football is shifting. If Utah doesn't make some type of change quickly, whether it being getting better players out of the, out of the portal or a coaching change, they're going to get left behind very, very quickly. And I'll tell you who I feel the most sorry is for. It's I don't know how you say the receiver's name, Cowing. Yeah, Cowing. You're exactly right. You know, yeah. You know what he should do? You know what he should do, Adrian? He should, because you know you get four games to redshirt. He should redshirt, go on the portal, and go to a Power 5 school. Mm. Go be a star somewhere and try to get to the NFL. Because he is wasting his time and talent at Utah. Because that kid is a serious, bona fide baller, man. Like, that dude, I would love to see him somewhere in a high-level Mountain West, Power 5, AAC school. I mean, I, I guarantee you Houston would give their left arm for a kid like that. And he should really just say, you know what, I've played. You know how you get the four games in football where you can decide if you're not getting the love you want to go in red shirt and opt out and, and, and transfer and join somebody else's team in, in January? Like, that's really what that kid should do, man, because he is wasting his time. Like, this, this team is not going to win six games and go to a bowl game. I've told you time and time again, in college sports, I don't care what the sport is, Basketball, football, there's two battles you got to win as a, as a coaching staff. It's recruiting and it's scheduling, and they failed miserably on both. You know, that's why you, they are what they are. Well, Ronnie, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back a little bit just say, saying that I think UTEP has better talent, but I go back to one of your earlier points. I don't think this offense is built for somebody like Hardison who can really sling it. I mean, he's got a cannon of an arm, but if he's being told to to run the ball 40 times a game and only throwing the ball around 20, 25, how is he really going to get settled as a true quarterback? And in this conference, you would say we've seen teams open it up a lot more than they have in years past. I mean, more teams favor the pass almost 70, 80% of the 
time they they uh, you know go step on the field and play play football. I mean I, that is the reality of just college football that we're seeing across the board. More teams being pass oriented. I get it. UTEP wants to be a run oriented team. They've got four talented tailbacks. But what happens when two go down? What happens when one goes down in this very game right here? They're very they're, they're all of a sudden very thin at the running back position, having to rely on receivers. And then you have two receivers fumble in this game and you have uh, three interceptions overall in this one. It, it was just a tough night for the minor offense to get anything going. But I, I go back to what you were saying as far as the coach is not putting him in the right posi- uh, position. I think that's what it really is. And, you know, for Jacob Cowling, I, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I, I feel like for somebody like him who was recruited by Texas coming out of high school, he, I mean, he's a diamond in the rough. He, he's somebody who is uh, can be playing on Sundays, no doubt. His speed is is amazing. He's he's uh, surpassed a hundred yards of receiving in two out of the first three games. I've I've loved what he's done thus far. I I would you know if he ends up leaving UTEP and goes to a Power Five, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to push back just real quick to the other callers on the Harlington thing. I don't think Harlington is really that good, man. When he hangs onto the ball in the pocket. There's two things you got to do as a quarterback. A, it's get rid of the ball quickly. If you're not going to do that, you've got to take off and either extend or make plays with your feet. He doesn't either, man. Like, he's a sitting duck in that pocket. That line gave him some decent opportunities tonight to, to, to look down the field and make some plays, man. All he did was turn it over. So that's either a low IQ or a kid that's very um, uh, insecure in his, his, his ability to make plays with his with his feet, man, and I, I, I think he is what he is. He looks like a kid that is from, you know, New Mexico that probably belonged at, you know, a school that just went to the FBS level, but I don't think he's as good as people think he is, and I bet you that's probably why Dimmel doesn't just let him sit back there and sling it because you saw tonight, man, he will turn that thing over uh, with the quickness. Man, well, I, I hear you, Ronnie. Hey, man, appreciate the phone call. Always Absolutely. appreciate you calling in. Absolutely. Have All right, you take care. Have a good night. 880-5763, telephone number, if you'd like to weigh in on the show. Uh, Sal, any thoughts on Ronnie's call right there? A, a lot of interest. And any thoughts on just the Gavin Hardison just kind of, I guess, distrust that we've heard so far? I mean, the more and more I think about it, we're waiting for the right opportunity for him to see what he can do. But how long in the season does that have to be? I think we both kind of agreed um, that – the real gauge, I guess, is going to be New Mexico or Old Dominion. But at that point, that's when you're going to know exactly who he is. I mean, you had a free COVID year where, uh, granted, he did get hurt near the end, but nonetheless, uh, plenty of opportunities. And when you have running backs, I, I like this point that you made as well, when you have running backs uh, that are doing it by committee and you're only going to pass it so much, but you stray away from the original game plan to pass it. Uh, what kind of signals are you sending to the team? What is We don't even know what this team's identity is yeah, right now, Adrian. And it's we, lacking we talked one. about this last year, too. So, uh, man, a lot of work to do all over the place. But as far as the quarterback situation goes, I feel like if they're putting Hardison out there um, – I mean, I'm just going to go with the old adage that the best quarterback is going to be the one to start. And I think that is kind of uh, – it might not be more than that. 
Let's go back to Twitter real quick. King Eric tweets us, no excuses anymore. This was supposed to be the year where it all came together. Alexa D at Westside915 tweets us, are we really disappointed? Do we actually expect UTEP to go into Boise State and make a good game out of it? Expectations shouldn't be high because the disappointment will eat you alive. How bad must NMSU be for UTEP to demolish them? <laughs> Try to find a bright side on this UTEP football team. Hey, Alexa, I'm, I'm here with you. I, I understand what you're saying. I think that it is difficult for a lot of these minor fans to come up with any sort of positives simply because, okay, maybe there weren't um, the bulk of minor fans thinking that they would go out to Boise State and upset them. I think very few minor fans actually expected UTEP to uh, come out with maybe an upset victory. But I think when you really um, read into this one, a lot of minor fans just hoped for a closer game than they got. It was close in the first quarter. Remember, it was 10 10 to 3 at the end of the first quarter. Minors make it 10 six right at the beginning of the second mm-hmm. uh, Boise State then scores two quick touchdowns in the matter of 18 seconds they're up 24 to 6 at that point following a Gavin Hardison fumble and then after that Boise State just keeps going UTEP punts following that they uh, Boise State gets a 61 yard touchdown pass from Bachmeyer to Cobbs and then uh, that extends their lead 31 to 6 UTEP actually had a chance uh, they were they were down 31-14 after a 48 yard touchdown from Hardison to Cowing UTEP actually had a chance to cut this to a 34-20 point game, but Gavin Hardison throws an interception in the back of the end zone. Boise State runs it back. They get good field position right before the end of the first half. They end up scoring on that possession, and they lead going into the half 41-13. to The game was over at that point. You didn't even need to play the second half. And you know what's interesting, Adrian? I know that uh, the scenario is a little bit different, but you look at a team like Boise State, who is is um, who has a chance to score near the end of the first half. And just that sense of urgency, that ability to know where to be in uh, or like what spots to be in, you know what I mean? To have It's kind of like uh, they knew it on the on the back of their hand, you know, like the palm of their hand. They knew exactly where to be to close out a half. And that's something we haven't really seen from the Miners. And that's a frustrating thing as well. Granted, they were trying to put this one away early, but um, to still show that sense of urgency to pounce on an opponent um, right after they make another mistake, that, that was huge for Boise State, in addition to everything else uh, that they did positively. Let's go to Twitter real quick. Ryan tweets us at RMH Golf. Boise State wins and may or may not cover. Love the over. 54-13 final. LOL, so Boise State covers too many turnovers. Miners way out of their league. Hope Boise State gets a late Big 12 invite and UTEP goes to the Mountain West. Best for both. Hope everybody is good. Also tweeting us, Jonathan Byers, Bethune-Cookman contained UTEP's passing game. I remember being in the stands and saying to myself, why are we not torching this team right now without cowing and Garrett wide open deep? This offense struggles. Just thought I'd point that out. It's, it's a, not a bad point at all. I, I would think that, you know, UTEP is not very deep beyond Garrett and Cowing. They rely too heavily on them. We really haven't seen this passing game in, in full effect. I think we'll only uh, be able to tell whether or not this passing game is effective once we get into conference play and they, they ter- take on better or, you know, you know opponents who are at least on their level at, that, at some yeah, point. Yeah, with, with this offense, we know that they have some threats, but uh, to me at least, it kind of looks like like 
things have to go a certain way for this offense to score. I mean, we've seen yeah. some of the play calls in the red zone, which are atrocious. Um, I mean, you, you, matter of fact, I wrote this down. I should just look at it. But uh, it, their first drive, Adrian, they have a chance to score a touchdown. And uh, their statement plays basically a fade route on a third and four. You know yeah, I, mean? I didn't you're, like it. You're running the ball solid. These guys have quickness, uh, you know, to either go on an out route, which we saw later on, I think, on the next drive, um, either an out route or, you know, go somewhere across. And they strayed away from that and wanted to do a fade route you know, on a statement play. You know what I mean? Just yeah. the lack of creativity there or being able to use um, the uh, the advantages that you have within your weapons. So we know that there's speed with these receivers, but you didn't give them a chance to to use that speed, especially when you're doing a fade route in basically smaller uh, field position in that way. I mean, there was not that much room really to to get that throw off of in the end zone. And when you have a wider field, I think you definitely got to take advantage of that. Just a lot of missed opportunities um, just by not being aware. How about the fact, you, you know, you talk about, uh, the, you, you know, you talk about all that. So how about the lack of urgency that yeah. the team had coming out of the second half? I mean, really not, not much going on for the minors. Three straight possessions, three straight turnovers for UTEP couldn't get anything going in the second half that was just really discouraging to see the minors play that way and also talk about discouraging how about the injuries that piled up yeah. that I mean that, that cannot be overstated in this one I said it at the top of the show I'll say it again just losing guys like Keenan Stewart Ray Flores having the uncertainties around all the guys that you ended up losing today that that's yeah. significant right there center Andrew Mayer oh. that was one of those the right there, one. Sal. When when he went out of the game, you noticed it in the offensive line. You noticed that they they were without somebody, and and they've suffered. Uh, you know, trying to get anything going on their offensive front. Yeah, and he's a guy who was the special feature for the um for the pregame interview with John Teicher on the uh, Longhorn Distributing Countdown to Kickoff. A guy who, when you hear that interview, this is a guy who knows what's going on. A guy who's aware of everything. And during that first series uh, or so, when he was out there. You could feel his impact. You, that leadership was on display in front of everybody. And then when he went out, it's kind of like these guys were running around not knowing what to do. Somebody else needed to step up in that instance. Granted, it is Boise State, but to kind of just play like, all right, this, just waiting until it's over, that kind of attitude doesn't really fly with me, Adrian. That's what it looked like to me. I, I want to see a sense of urgency. I can't even say that they played like they wanted to get out of the game already because it was just a little bit lackadaisical as the game was going on, in my opinion. Leo underscore minor fan checks in on Twitter. I personally think it's more than just a Dana Dimmel issue. Of course, you can make a hard push or a definitive shove that it's Dimmel, but UTIP has had plenty of years of not being good. I won't argue why, because I think it's more complex. Hashtag minor talk. And then he throws out a photo of UTIP's year by year records and yeah, I mean, you look at the year-by-year records, I'm just not one of those people who falls in the same boat of hey, complacency when it comes to mediocrity. This yeah. team this team has shown us that they've been all, you know, historically bad for years, but when is it finally time to turn things around? I mean, talent is here. This team is talented. When is it time to turn things yeah. around and, and, you know, shift that mindset? Yeah, and, and you know what? It's kind of like a cycle, right, Adrian? This team can be atrocious, and then the following year, some improvement. The year after that, some improvement. And then, hey, next thing you know, they're knocking on the door of three, four wins, and then before you know it, they have a chance to secure bowl eligibility. And then right after that, 
right back down to uh, where they started. So I think it's just a lot of frustration with the fan base. Uh, and this is not just um, – this is not recent. It's a generational thing. Yeah, it really it's is. It's a generational thing. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll do you one better. I was looking at the um, – I don't have it in front of me right now, but I was looking at the bowl games that they were in. There might be maybe – Maybe four, but I'm I'm confident it's three. I'm probably wrong. It might be four. But nonetheless, only three or four bowl games outside of the Sun Bowl. Yeah, I mean, they're not a historically good program at all. I mean, you're talking about, uh, I mean, more just barely more than a handful of winning seasons in this whole program's history. So this team and especially all the way back to their last bowl victory, which is 1967. A lot of people who even listen to us now are not weren't alive back then in 1967. Yeah. And you know what? Okay, I'm wrong. There was six. So I'll give them that. However, two of them are the New Mexico Bowl. Oh, so, man. There yeah. you go. That's it right there. Hey, 8805763. That's our telephone number. Boise State defeats UTEP 54 to 13 on national television tonight. We'll continue here on Minor Talk. We'll hand some awards out as well. This one, this Minor Talk, we won't spend too long. We'll, we'll spend a lot more time with, uh, with everybody after the New Mexico game. That's the next home game, Saturday, September 25th. We'll preview that game, hand out some awards after this. You're listening to Minor Talk presented by the Oscar ID at the agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Minor Talk. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. When it comes to any type of insurance, there's only one agent I trust, Oscar Arieta. I've been a proud customer of the Oscar Arieta Agency since I've been in college. Nothing crazy, not a hard process to get started. I went with them, showed them my budget, what I needed when it came to my auto insurance policy, and they met my budget and continues to help me uh, feel safe when I'm on the road. When it comes to the sports fans out there, Oscar Arieta is a big supporter of the Miners himself. We just saw him last week on the field presenting the Hometown Hero Award and also saw him speaking to Aaron Jones on the sideline last week as well. Take it from a locally owned insurance company like the Oscar Arrieta Agency. There is a reason why they've helped thousands of El Pasoans with their insurance needs. There's a reason why they've been around for 24 years. Give them a call when you have a chance. 915-400-6000. They'll get started on a free no obligations insurance policy for you and your family and visit them online at the theoscarrieteagency.com. 8805763 as we continue here on Minor Talk. A couple tweets to get to. This coming from King Eric on the show. Bad day for me. UTEP gets blown out and my Yankees can't win to save their lives. Oh man. Rip City Trades tweets us. Pinky is a class act. Kudos to Pinky for being a diehard all these years. Hashtag Minor Talk. Jersum. Uh, Tweets the show, I think Hardison can be good, but he isn't at this point, and it's about coaching. He hasn't been developed. His decision-making is poor, and it showed tonight, but it can't improve if they don't let him throw more often and try different routes. What do you think about that, Sal? Um, I mean, it it all depends who they're playing. That's what I think right now. Yeah, I hear you. And I know it sounds like a cop-out, but really um, we kind of expected them to lose to Boise State. And I'll say it again, uh, these next two games are kind of where we're going to measure Gavin Hardison. New Mexico and Old Dominion. Um, One, because uh, it's another team I think that UTEP is on the same level as, that being uh, the uh, the Lobos. But 
also, uh, their only conference win so far uh, under the Dimmel era is against the Rice Owls yeah. as well. So if you're able to get another conference win, basically start off conference play right, um, you know, that could kind of change the whole trajectory of the season. I um, mean, uh, we'll talk more about it as the season goes along. But, um, yeah, these next two games are going to be huge. I think that his decision-making wasn't good tonight at all. Um, I think the – I'm with Jerusalem on the last point that he made. They can't, He can improve if they don't let him throw more often and try different routes. I like that point that he made right there. You, you know what, too? Uh, sorry to interject, but uh, I think if they're going to do that, that, they have to prepare the game plan for that. Because yeah, plan it around Hardison exactly, or the pass game. Exactly. If you're gonna if you're gonna have Gavin throw it a bunch, practice that in in practice. Basically, I mean, I get. I'm not saying that they don't do that, but what I'm getting at is, what is the game plan? Yeah. And, and when Gavin is throwing, is it a product of the run game not working or the original game plan not working? Because we've seen it a lot where basically if the game plan isn't working, kind of just like go into a different kind of mode and, you know, try to make plays. But you can't do that. you got to be prepared at all times. Let's go to Ed, who's joining us on the phone lines, 8805763. What's going on, Ed? Not much. How you all doing? Doing well, Ed. What you, what'd you uh, think of tonight? Uh, well, you know, I, I guess to be right off the bat, I'm going to say that we're definitely not at the level of, of a Boise State team. We're just not there. I mean, that's that's the honest truth. It is what it is. But I mean, that that is a power five team. That is a team that's capable. I mean, and they're and they're knocking on the door of going into the Big Twelve. So yeah, I mean, this. Wow, is, they were the conveniently game. left out, Ed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we're not at that level. I I also thought it was a really bad decision right before the second half when he actually scrambled out and he had an open open view of the entire end zone and then he throws an interception and, yeah. and that was so key because we could have been down by 14 or 13 instead everything changed but um you know I'm 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 really an optimist and the honest truth is we still have a lot of football to go uh I think if we can get healthy and, and work on our stuff and come back and beat New Mexico. And then, of course, we have a pretty weak Old Dominion team. I still think we're in a really good chance, really good uh, position. So right now I'm not going to panic. Boise State is definitely on a different level than we are. And, and uh, Hardison definitely did not make a good decision right there. It was, it was frustrating because he scrambled. He saw the whole field and he should have made a touchdown or he should have just – Ran for the ran for the touchdown. I think we were only what, like on the seven or four yard line when we made that play. Yeah, it was. I mean, they were really. It was like a first and goal situation. They didn't get it on first or second down and third down. He throws the pick. And I agree with you. You know that first that first drive, those first two drives were really amazing. We were just really showing uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of. We were just really shoving the ball down their throats. But that fadeaway pass on that on that uh, first possession, that was just a terrible call. I didn't like that at all. Um, but other than that, you know what it is, what it is. Boise State is on a different level than we are, and we, I don't think we should panic. That's my point. Don't panic. Let's see if we can win these next two games, and I think we'll still be in a pretty good position. All right, Ed. Hey, I appreciate the phone call. Thanks for hanging with us uh, 30 minutes almost past midnight. Appreciate it, Ed. No problem. All right, take care. Hey, Sal, he brings up an interesting point, which gets me to this, okay? 
you, I, I'm not panicking after this game. I didn't put, push the panic button. I didn't write off this season after this one. I'm not saying Hardison's a bad quarterback. I'm not. I'm not jumping any. I'm not jumping to any conclusions. But I wasn't jumping to conclusions after the New Mexico State win, after the Bethune Cookman win. I was trying to figure out different things about this team. Oh, you know they're yeah. run oriented. Oh, they've got a good defensive line. Oh, they have some problems in the secondary. Just trying to identify different things for the Miners in the first two weeks. This one didn't really give us a lot, although it did show us that they have some serious inconsistency issues, serious play calling issues at times, and uh, you know the penalties are continuing to be a factor. But what I'm trying to get at is the next two weeks are are critical for UTEP. They well, I, I should say the next three weeks because yeah. this week they've got the bye week and they're using this to try to get healthy. Point is. New Mexico, Old Dominion, two games where you have an opportunity to beat opponents and start the year four and one. I mean, starting the season four and one with that kind of record, going yeah. up against a Southern Miss team after that uh, for your sixth game, uh, who has not been impressive at all, lost uh, to South Alabama, got killed against South Alabama in week one of the year. But if UTEP does not take advantage of the opportunities they have in the next three games against lesser quality opponents, I'm talking New Mexico, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss, we have to hold them accountable. That's when we start holding this team really accountable because I'll I'll take this pass. I'll understand that it's Boise State. I get it. But the next three games, there's really no excuses. No, no, you're absolutely right, Adrian. And one thing, um, or two things rather, um, but the biggest one for me is are they going to be disciplined out there and not get these penalties that put them at a first and long or, um, you know, it's a third and long when they're on defense and then there's some form of a pass interference or hands to the face, something like that. You don't want to see that. Why are you making it harder on yourself? I think they were one shy of another double-digit uh, penalty game, which, yeah. which is a which is a huge issue. And going into uh, game number four, they're already I don't know the total number, but they have to be uh, over for sure over thirty, maybe somewhere in the mid thirties. That's over ten a game. You cannot average that. And if they continue to do that, Adrian, um, you can forget about trying to do the little things, uh, the other little things, right? When you're hurting yourself, you're robbing yourself of making the game easier for you. And the other one is um, just the creativity. We know that the Wildcat can be effective, but guess what? So does the opponent. And yeah. that's exactly what Boise State did. When it's a Wildcat, UTEP is running it. I mean, that's that's what the Wildcat is, right? But nonetheless, I just want to see some more creativity out there, especially in the red zone. Here's one thing I noticed from Hardison that I'll point out. That, you know, everybody wants to talk uh, Hardison's problems. I get it. Everybody is throwing also decision-making. I get that, too. The happy feet in the pocket is a little bit concerning to me because he's staying too long in the pocket when he could scramble outside just a little bit, just be a little bit more aggressive, maybe take a little bit more of a risk and and take some of these runs, be more of a dual threat kind of quarterback instead of just staying in the pocket. I get it. That's what he's been probably coached with this team. And in this game, they didn't really have much much to do in their uh, offensive front since they were down a center having to use uh, Robert Mervin. I'm, I'm sure the calls were just all over the place they were just scattered you heard that from pre-snap penalties you heard that from just miscues on snaps and uh, that that was an issue today as well to just kind of monitor moving forward just maybe getting a little bit more healthy up front but Gavin Hardison also recognizing the pressure escaping it and maybe making some plays with his feet yeah part of me uh, thinks that it's because uh, he knows he has the arm to make 
almost any throw. And I mean, sure. that's, I mean, who knows what he does uh, when nobody's watching? He probably has some incredible, uh, some incredible throws that he does. But uh, nonetheless, though, it's all about making the right play, not trying to uh, force the right play. And who knows where it goes throughout the season? Maybe there's something that just clicks, and he's able to uh, reel off highlight after highlight for the miners. I mean, this is a guy who's coming um, off of a game where, when they needed him the most, he was able to do it, and uh, he was able to put the ball in some really good spaces. So it's there, Adrian. It's just a matter of um, when can we see that on a full time basis. Let's hand out some awards right now, then we'll wrap up the show here on Minor Talk. A quicker one uh, compared to our first two weeks where he we spent. Uh, over an hour and a half uh, with you here on the radio, but we'll we'll spend a lot of time after that New Mexico game. I'm sure of it. That's two weeks from now. No show next week since uh, it's a bye week for UTEP. But uh, let's talk. Let's give some awards. First off, our Golden Nugget Award presented by Legacy Wellness Center CBD. This one's going out to Jacob Cowing after his performance today, leading the minor six catches, 112 receiving yards, had 12 targets today. 18 yards per reception. Jacob Cowing have another day. Two out of three of his first games, 100-plus receiving yards. Pretty special for uh, the sophomore wide receiver. Let's hear the call from earlier with John Teicher. Third and eight from the 48-yard line. Hardison throws left. It's complete. First down, 40, 35, near side at the 30, the 20, the 15. It's Cowing, five. Touchdown, Miners! 48 yards, a crossing route from Hardison to Cowing. Cowing is our recipient for the Golden Nugget Award presented by Legacy Wellness Center. Family owned and operated, Legacy Wellness Center will meet you with uh, with all your needs for uh, CBD, cannabis, hemp, you name it, at their store, and they'll find the best CBD product for you. Take it from us here on Sports Talk. We're big fans of the great people out there at Legacy Wellness. Only one place that we trust for quality and affordable CBD and a Delta 8. That's Legacy Wellness Center. Stop by, find the best product for you. 120 East Red Road on the west side in the Upper Valley next to Upper Valley Urgent Care. Learn more online at LegacyWellnessCenter.com. Must be 21 and older to purchase. And also, uh, my dog, a big Legacy Wellness CBD fan. There you uh, go. He's excited about some of the treats that he's going to get from there. Is a... Uh, you know, my best friend forever. He's Russell Flexbrook. But uh, in all seriousness, though, um, you know, he uh, he loves the way that they taste. He's going to get some more. I love it. I love it. Sal, a resounding endorsement there by Russell Flexbrook. Brooke. Yeah, he said uh, times are rough, but he needs what he needs. I, I hear you, man. Hey, let's get to our next award. It's the drive of the game presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. We're going to stick with the same one right there. When you capped off that uh, touchdown drive with a 48-yard touchdown pass from Gavin Hardison to Jacob Cowing, that's our, uh, t- that is our drive of the game brought to you by the Oscar Adietta Agency. Again, locally owned insurance company who's been around for 24 years here in El Paso. Get started online, oscaradiettaagency.com. Turning the page, looking over to two weeks from now. First off, next week, UTEP desperately needs this bye week. They need to get uh, the three guys who are out today 
back healthy. That's Deion Hankins, their tailback. That's uh, Josh Caldwell, their starting cornerback. And that's also starting free safety, uh, Justin Prince. They need all three of those guys back in the mix. Who knows what's going to happen with running back Quadres Wadley. He was also out in this game. He did not return um, actually in this one. Um, Also, other guys who left this game, center Andrew uh, Meyer, you had uh, defensive tackle Keenan Stewart, and you also had your running back Ray Flores along with Ronald Awad who possibly exited this game as well uh, at the tailback position. UTEP just simply needs to get healthy next week as they prepare for New Mexico. Two weeks from now, the Lobos are 1-0 after beating Houston Baptist 21-17 in week one. In this game, they relied on a balanced attack. It was Terry Wilson Jr. through the air, 20 of 26 for 174 passing yards and a trio of passing touchdowns. Seems a little worrying early on on paper against this struggling UTEP secondary along with Aaron Duma. America's running back who graduated last year. He led the way on the ground for the Lobos in the first game. 15 carries, 57 yards on the ground. And you know what, Adrian, this uh, New Mexico team, Oh, before I get to that, uh, shout out to Aaron Dumas. A lot of people going to be screaming uh, his name out at the stadium. But uh, last year, this uh, UNM team going 2-5, and five, but just kind of uh, grazing the, uh, the schedule, they lose one game by seven points. They also lose... Um, let, let me take a look at another one. Uh, another game by six points. So there's two close games right there. But basically, they were 0-5. They win their last two, and then they win the first game of this season. So they're riding a three-game win streak and, uh, you know, riding some momentum going into this season. Sure. And tomorrow they have uh, New Mexico State or technically today, right? Yeah. Uh, they've got New Mexico <laughs> State rivalry game for the Lobos. Uh, next week, they actually take on Texas A&M, top-ranked team, uh, one of the top-ranked teams here in the state of Texas. Back-to-back so, Aggies. How about that? That's interesting. I, I like that nugget right there. And then they go on the road to take on the Miners. So uh, an interesting uh, stretch right here for the Lobos is maybe they can get the first two wins, but I'm not sure about the second two <laughs> before they get to conference play. Yeah, definitely. This uh, New Mexico team, one that's trying to um, establish a new identity. And they've, uh, throughout this last string of, uh, you know, four or five games or so, they've definitely been doing that. I I hear you. I hear you, Sal. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen in that New Mexico game. But, hey, if they're riding momentum, just like you're saying, I don't know, it could be another difficult one for the Miners. We'll see in two weeks, right? Yeah, definitely. And um, as far as the college, uh, the game in College Station goes, rather, um, who knows what they gain out of that, you know, for sure, I expect the True. A&M to win, but how expensive is that road trip? Are they going to have their best players get banged up, kind of like the Miners had it tonight, or a lot of their best players, rather? Um, or are they going to come away relatively healthy and also, um, you know, getting to run some sets or run some different kind of plays that um, they kind of want to as the season goes along? Who knows? That will wrap things up for us here on the program. Boise State defeats UTEP. 54-13. to 13. UTEP falls to 2-1 and one on the season. First loss of the year. Uh, this That will do it for us. We will not be back in action next week since it's a bye week for the Miners. We'll be back on Sports Talk Monday at 4. For Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Broadus saying so long and thank you so much for listening to Miner Talk presented by the Oscar ID at the Agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. been listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Arrieta Agency. Pick up a clear bag at any one of their seven locations across El Paso. 
If you missed any of Minor Talk, listen to the show on demand by downloading Minor Talk wherever you get your podcasts.